Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> you called me uh, a minute ago, and it sounded like you were under your blankie, and then I realized it was me that sounded like he was under his blankie. Calls coming from inside John's blanket. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I realized that I was making a noise that might be upsetting. Want to hear it again? Yeah. Want to hear it again? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do it again. Okay, it be real, real quiet. Ready? Huh? Huh? Yeah, do the other one. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Is that it, it mostly? Yeah, it was but, weird. Yeah, yeah, because like if it's you know it's early here. I don't know if I assume it's early there. It's early. It's, it's early here, so I'm not even done blowing my nose. I'm not well, done blowing my nose, and I and I've um, only had part of my iced tea. Is that a multi-stage process blowing your nose? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you trim a rose bush once? No. <laughs> I could do better. Okay. I don't I never learned why you had hippies. You were lent hippies in your ravine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I imagine that same kind of thing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wiping, uh, c- crop rotation, mm-hmm. volleyball. All the above. Uh, sack. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep it in the air. And uh, <laughs> I, I got to blow my nose real good. Huh. I, um, I, yeah, I, I really, I really... I wish I could breathe more, John. I, th- I think if I could breathe more, a lot of things. Hey, see, again with the breathing. So you're not, if you're not going to use your CPAP, use your CPAP. Can I have it? Well, you know, I talked to my doctor do, 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 do. Looked in looked in my nose, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he said that it was full of scar tissue from <gasps> all the years that I wasn't able to breathe. He was like, oh, it's all scarred up in there. What? And uh, And that's just making it harder because of all the times you've had a upper respiratory and all the oh my god john you i mean you're a strong man you're mm-hmm. you're you're a you're a great man <laughs> that's right i can't land on scuttle, a fraction scuttle across the yes yeah. claws <laughs> cameras hacky sack <laughs> but having said that comma yeah. you uh you get uh i almost said uti i don't think that's what i meant to say no you I get up you that. get you get face uh infections and yeah, maybe I, chest infections you get a lot yep. of chest right <laughs> yep both of those things now you got scars in your nasals scars and so what he's saying is you already had n- no uh shot at breathing because of the arch- your face architecture <laughs> you're like are you like a pug yeah, you never had a chance. Oh and he man, said, this is only that. this is only screwed it up. So he said maybe you should go to somebody who can like. The thing is, apparently there's a way you can get it roto rootered out. Alex did that and it didn't help. Oh. Alex had that done to them, and it, oh, and no. apparently I can hook you guys up if you want to talk about nose because I've thought about it. Oh, I've thought about it. I've thought about going in and saying, you know, like that thing, I've never done this because I don't have the stomach for it. There's that thing you can buy to suck snot out of your kid's nose. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I, I had it. I had it. I guess we, you, we used you, to do you that used it on, You used it on your kid or it was used yeah. on you? No, I think we used it on the baby. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I get it. Okay, but I'm going to out myself, as they say in the community right now. I'm going to out myself. Uh, I There's a lot of things historically where... I've gotten better at something or changed about something. A mm-hmm. big one is shots. Um, Did you not like to use shots, or have you have you started to like it less? No, it's the it's the, when I was a kid. It was I was a very sensitive kid in some ways. Is yes. that is that difficult to believe? I believe that that is possible. Do you think I'm needy? 
um, I I was pretty <laughs> I was pretty sensitive, and one of the things was like, okay, first of all, I hated blowing my nose, and I thought I could fool my mother by sucking it in. I put <gasps> Kleenex up to my nose, and I'd suck Whoa. it in. That's a very different sound. Whoa, okay, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's one. And I'll, but hypodermic needles were the worst for me. Like I, I lived in constant fear of a balloon popping or having to get a shot. Uh, and a other balloon things. popping. Yeah, I also worried I closed a cat in a door. But but uh, there was uh, there's lots of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a cat. Like we didn't have a cat. <laughs> but I honestly legit would look behind me when a door closed because I I had uh, a compulsion about fearing that I would close a cat in a door. Had you ever seen a cat closed in a door? Nope. So you just imagined at some point what it, it would be scurry- like. Imagine a cat scurrying to catch up before the door closes. And you so never, like you don't yeah, think you, don't you talk saw about- this in a comic book or saw it in a movie? I mean, I know I can imagine I mean, it too. A priest, a priest showed me a looping video in his tent once. <laughs> a cat's getting close <laughs> to the door. And, and oh, can you believe you- that one? That one thought he was going to get through. <laughs> <laughs> Are you were you worried that the cat's tail was going to get caught, or that the cat itself, like halfway okay, let, through? Okay, let, let's 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 focus for a moment because it's important that you understand this, and I do feel like I might need to mute and blow my nose. Um, that uh, okay, so imagine this, and let's not let's let's think less about cat and more about door. Think yeah. about a door that closes automatically, sure. Like like a screen door is extreme because they can slam, but yeah. a door that has some kind of a mechanism. You know, like the way when you urinate in our bathroom, the door opens slowly because you never close it all the way? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You remember in the new place, the cursed, the new er place, the cursed door, where you go in there and, and you're all together and you're standing and, and then I can just, very, my daughter would toddle up and just very slowly watch the door open. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I have a closet door like that now, the, the hall closet. Oh, I door, hate that. It's just a door a, should a stay where it, it. A door a, the, now. There's a difference between a door and a doorway. I'm talking here about the rectangular plane. The door itself. Right? Yes, the door itself should stay where you put it. It's just that everything in our house is a joke and is built on some kind of a grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but, called San Francisco. Nothing was made to be there. No. Oh God. Well, I used to live in Florida, so that's where it oh, all started. Right. Right. That's where, that's where nothing should be, be here started. Um, oh, this is great. It's really, really hot, and there's alligators, roaches, and mosquitoes. Let's build a university. Dun, 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 dun. So think about the door part. Think about a door, and like you open the door, you go through it, and then the door does some kind of an auto-closing thing on its own. Maybe yeah. even, for the sake of this illustration, let's think about a screen door. If it yeah. doesn't have that nice, uh, you know, uh, pressure thing your grandpa puts on there, right? Right, right, right. So you go through the door, and then the door closes on its own. Now imagine that there's a, a cat that says, "Ooh, I can get through while the door is open. I'm gonna sneak in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as they say, as they say in uh, in Silicon Valley, uh, piggyback." Oh, they say that in in, Sil- in Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. When you run your badge, and then somebody comes in with or behind you, that's called piggybacking, and it's frowned upon. Isn't there a security guy that that keeps that from happening? Or gal? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Sure, but, um, but that says that says uh, I gotta blow my nose. It says stop right there. Isn't there a stop right there? Here you, yeah, you says, blow your nose. It says stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very concerned about this cat now. I know. I feel like I never even the, had a cat, John. It's not the type of thing. That you would, uh, as you were like cycling through a thousand possible anxieties, it's not the type of thing you would typically settle on unless there'd been a triggering event. 
Well, but, no, because as I say in my in my wisdom uh, project uh, document, uh, we don't we don't get to we don't get to pick what we love in life. I see, right? And sure, and, and I think I think we don't we don't we don't get to choose the people or imaginations in life that we love. Yeah, and I think we have to honor that. And I think with compulsions, you rarely. Get to, that's a little Freudian to think that like like I don't know that a cat the, the priest you know yeah things yeah, to yeah. with a cat the or cat whatever. the priest sure I don't even, sure. I didn't have a priest John right um, I was in scouts <laughs> but sure. uh, anyways I had I had a few compulsions as a kid and one of them I had several compulsions especially in late elementary school years now that might have been because my life was a little odd actually that was a little bit of a Pax Romana in my life sixth grade was a very good year. Things that find fifth and sixth grade things that sort of settled down, it and I had I had an an, anis, anis, uh what's what's the word uh, anis, uh, anesthesiologist. I had an anesthesiologist. <laughs> I was always afraid I closed the door. You know they say that's one of the most difficult jobs is anesthesiology. You got to get yep. it just right. My sister was an anesthesiologist. Wait, shut your mouth. Not Susan, the other sister. Oh, oh one of the, oh, other, the sisters. other sister. Okay, okay. There's okay. the other sister, Susan, but then there's the sister, Laura. Mm-hmm. She was an anesthesiologist for many years. She worked with Doctor Brackett. Yeah. With whom? Uh, With whom? Uh, oh, uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Do- uh, Pig, Dr. Pigs Bob. in space. He was the indie rock doc. And the uh, indie he- rock doc. The indie- <laughs> I should have blown my nose before. I'm so You're going to blow it all over your keyboard. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to mute. Hang, stand by. I want to hear yeah, about sure. uh, the other Susan. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate it. Yeah. Okay. Is that, is that all right? Did you get it done? No, I'm not done. This is the thing. It's like trimming your rose bush, you know. And you don't want to. Yeah. You can't go too fast. Now, a lot. Of, now, one trick a lot of folks don't know is usually, you know, your nostrils. Um, not your nostrils, but the sides of your your, your nasal breathing. Yeah. Alternate every ninety minutes or so. One oh, is more dominant than the other uh, for a period of time, and the key to a good nose blow. Is you, you, it seems like you should start on the difficult side, but yeah. you should actually start on the easy side, and that helps free up the difficult side. Oh, you got to free it up. Sure, it turns out. It turns out, John. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, anesthesiologist. Now I should, just, I should just rewind for a second. I did the thing where I I, <clears throat> I slightly <clears throat> anonymized uh, the character that I was gonna that I was gonna tell a story. Oh, about. that's fine. Uh, and I called him Doctor Bob, but then I realized, well. His actual name is also a, a, an unknowable, you know, an untraceable pseudonym. His real name was Dr. John, but we, uh, and we never called him Dr. Bob. That was just, I was just doing the thing where it's like, oh, should I, oh, I should know. I out him because he's a professional? But yeah, Dr. John, he's uh-huh. a doctor. He worked in Tacoma where my sister, Laura, was an anesthesiologist. Very famous keyboard uh, piano player. Dr. John, right. Mm-hmm. And he loved indie rock and he would make the drive up from Tacoma to oh. see all the bands he was at every show and he was you know a little older he's a doctor he's uh, yeah. and so he was at every show but, but he was almost certainly younger than you are now uh, oh, oh younger than i am now mm-hmm. and he loved uh, rock music and then That's eventually so cool. everybody knew him and so he became if you if you twisted your ankle if you broke a finger oh, so he's he's a he's a practicing physician yeah, and you would call. You could actually go because it's kind of. I, I, I even allowed to pick doctors anymore. It seems like you get assigned doctors a lot. A but lot. In this case, you could go see. You could go down. You could go down to see Doctor John. Doctor John would come see you. He <laughs> loved. He loved bands, <laughs> uh-huh. and he would. He was a, a. He was a, a hot shot doctor, 
And if you needed, and he, the thing is, he wasn't a doctor feel good, but he would prescribe you stuff if you needed it. Yeah, I was uh, thinking it was going to be like a Dr. Nick. No, when, no, when no. You no, said no. that because frequently I feel like in the when we say Doctor Nick, we were not. There's a funny character from The Simpsons, but it's also my uh, my aunt and uncle's former neighbor in Memphis, mm. who was uh, purportedly the person who gave Elvis Presley a lot, a lot, a lot of drugs, and I think he became prominent after Elvis's death because they did an autopsy, autopsy, and we're like, who in the hell put all these drugs in the fat man? And it was yeah, Dr. Nick was the answer. It was, it was Dr. Nick. And, so you, you hear know, the, doc, doctor and first name, and I think, he, uh, I think of Dr. Nick. Now, Dr. John sounds like a pretty, pretty good egg. He likes yeah. indie rock, all the great shows. Yeah, and, and you know, Dr. John, I think even by his own admission, would, <sighs> would, uh, would acknowledge that he was on the spectrum in a way that was, uh, that was apparent. Um, mm-hmm. But he also a lot, of, a lot of those folks are the best fans if you ask me super fans right and mm-hmm. he was and he just he knew every note he was devoted he loved death cab he loved uh, the long winters and a lot of other bands besides like he was a guy i was looking up some guy in the uk who started seeing shows back in 1971 and he's written down every show he's ever been to oh uh, and he has that's right been, up our alley huh he has been this guy He's got cigar boxes. The and cigar just, boxes of his mind. He does. He has every ticket <laughs> stub. But he's put it all in a website um, where he documents every show. Let's see if I can find him. Okay. I had him I had him just here, right, just a second ago. Is he, is he a pseudonym? Uh, n- well, I'm going to – I don't think I should pseudonym him because I think there's nothing he would like more than for all of us to read – his list of shows that he's been to. He since, saw since the early seventies. That's crazy. Yeah, he saw the 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 Sex Pistols fifteen times. And the thing is, these days, if you look at his shows that he's going to, he's not going to every show anymore. And the shows that he's choosing mm-hmm. are a little weird. So it's raise gigs r a y s gigs dot com. Raise oh, gigs. Wow. And Ray's gigs, he's got a shows. Oh man, going going way back, and I, I I'm not going to try and navigate his thing. Oh, he's seen Kiss a lot. Hmm. Uh, but but I think lately, did you say he's in the UK? He's in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he and I think at a certain point he realized he was the UK's number one gig goer. Hmm. And so then you know that's a thing. So he says he's been to over 5,500 gigs since 1973. And I, I, you know, Doctor John's the type of guy that might rival him, but uh, but he, I don't think Doctor John's ever seen Kiss. Although, oh, I okay, know, I don't know. You can never. I don't know. If you, if, he's like if, he if, looks if, like he's going to more uh, like stage shows. He's doing that, but he also is going to uh, metal acts that are on the the state fair circuit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like white white lion and stuff. Although I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, for sure. Yeah, I'm not going to denigrate the uh, Rick. Uh, Rick, uh, what's his name? Raise gigs. I'm not raise gigs. But uh, I, he saw like on the Bunny Men in February. That's cool. See, see, see. So he's still he's got his hand in the game. To the thicker and thin. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. God, it's it's early. It's we haven't recorded at ten o'clock in the morning in so long. It's a nonce. It's been years. Yeah. Oh, so out of man. 
Oh man, you that's know, cool. I've seen Adam at many times. He's still performing. Do we know what year this is? Is this the current year? He yes. keeps it current. He keeps <gasps> it current. He surely does. I like his use of uh, dashes. I think he goes to the Hammersmith Odeon a lot. Oh, I've heard of that. I've he's like a, he's a local guy. He, you uh-huh. know, he's, like, he's a local guy. He lives in he lives in London, or he's in a, as they say the home counties. Uh, he no, he's there. Uh, he's there in the London environs. But you know, uh-huh. it's a large city. It's like San yeah. There's Francisco. London inside of London. Do you know about that? Well, this is what I'm saying. If you were if you were in London right now, Merlin, let's say, and I know this is your worst nightmare, but let's say you're in London. I was in London for a day, and you're sitting there, and somebody goes, "Oh, where are yeah. you from?" And you live. Okay, this is very speculative. Because what if you lived in Oakland? Uh-huh. But you were in London. We're talking about an alternate universe, Merlin. Oh, there's point. okay, this is going on the list of things that need a name. Because you don't need to know exactly where I live and you wouldn't care. If I right. say San Francisco, if you want to know more, you'll ask more. Yeah, that's right. It's and like it, saying you're a ceramicist. And well, and it's a way it's a way for people to go, oh, we're in San Francisco, thereby indicating that they know more. And then you can and then you guys can dive down. You know what when somebody says when I'm in London and somebody says, oh, I'm from Seattle, and uh-huh. I go, oh, where? And they say, oh, it's a little neighborhood. You wouldn't know it. Oh, I love that experience. You, oh, you actually, that- I, actually, I live in, uh, what's it called? Quisp. You, you, you get that what's wise called? Twist? face. Uh, Twi- Twix? Quisp. Twisp. Did you make that up? Is that really a place, Twist? No, it's a place. It's a place. And, one and you, day you're going to be a sheriff there at some point. We yeah, think. one day. One oh, one day. day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, mm, they, they Biding the, my time. <laughs> yes. I live in the Seattle. North road. They closed the North Road to Twisp. So in the in the winter, you know, even getting to Twisp, <laughs> you got to go Are you turning into road. an English folk song? <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. You know about Squarespace, but I'm going to tell you about it because the existence of these ads implies that there are people who are not yet on Squarespace, which is not okay. So let me give it to you in pigs and bunnies. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Hmm. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. Y- you start with a professionally designed template, and by the way, you can change that template to a different template anytime, but it is beautiful, professionally designed. And then you use uh, these very easy drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. Make it your own. Build it beautiful. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more with just a few clicks and probably a few drags, but it's really easy. I mean, even somebody with RSI could totally go ham on Squarespace. They they can just have that. And it's always uh, worth mentioning that all Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile. And that means your content is going to look terrific on any device or dingus out there. They do that heavy lifting for you. Free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. You know, uh, these are bullet points, but they're all really real, right? There's nothing to patch or upgrade, award-winning customer support. You can get a domain name, a unique domain name, I would point out. And plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. You can make whatever you want with Squarespace. If you will it, it is no dream. I have been using Squarespace for a a long time, uh, many, many, many days. (laughs) And I'm a huge fan. You're using Squarespace right now because that is the place that we have always hosted the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's also where I put my personal sites. Don't that don't hold that against them. I'm just, you know, 
I I I I should I should probably make more sites. Maybe that that would get me excited, you know. But what I love is when I go in and I use Squarespace. It's crazy easy. I I, I was using Squarespace a few minutes ago to post this uh, podcast episode. Well, I'm telling it a little bit out of order, but you get the basic idea. It's Squarespace. Just go get it. Get on it. Squarespace. So go to squarespace.com/supertrain. You can get a free trial with no credit card required. And please listen closely. When you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code SUPERTRAIN because that will save you uh, 10% off your first purchase of a website or a unique domain name. Squarespace.com slash SuperTrain. Remember to use that code SuperTrain. I'm not going to say it again. I'll come over there and slap you. I'll do it. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line. And all the great shows. <laughs> you know, that's really fun when somebody says, oh, I live in a neighborhood, you know, and you're like, oh, tell me which one. Because I would never reveal. <laughs> I never would reveal that I knew more. I was. I would always just say, no, no, no. Tell me the name. You know, and they'd be like, oh, I live in Ballard. And I'd go, oh, Ballard, you say. Mm-hmm. Where in Ballard? What, what part of Ballard? <laughs> you know. And then it's only then that I get to say like, oh, you mean the pink house on the corner? And they're like, what? That's such a, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> you, you, you hold up, you hold up your phone and it's their <laughs> it's face a picture on of it. House. Yeah. Oh yeah. I park across oh, the street yeah. from your house and look in the windows all the oh, time. Oh yeah. You, you should, you should get better curtains. <laughs> I like your hair like that. I had a, I talking about speaking about hippies. Yeah. I had a hippie over here yesterday. Have I ever told you about the my original Seattle band Chautauqua? <laughs> um, if you have, I don't remember. Original Seattle band. The first band I was I was ever Chautauqua. In, Chautauqua. Well, and the first band I was ever in was the Truly Awful Band in in high school. Mm-hmm. And I think I've told you about that. The the guitar player Rick Garnett. Uh, Rick had learned all these early 80s new wave of British heavy metal songs by Judas Priest and so forth. Def Leppard. Uh, and then he would play them in practice, but I didn't know the, I, I didn't know the music well enough to recognize that they were uh, songs by other bands. And so I would write my own lyrics to them. And Rick never, uh, never informed me like, oh no, that's an Iron Maiden song. This, is I, this the truly awful band or the this, Chita- is the true, this is the truly awful band. You didn't realize <clears throat> you were writing lyrics for an existing song and, and and Rick, is that right? Yeah, Rick. I got a lot of names to keep track of this week. Yeah, um no. and he he didn't feel the need to say, "Oh, that's uh that's, you know, a brick in the law. You just wrote brick. We we just wrote brick in the law." Yeah, no, and it was always yeah, it was right it was like the Hellion or Electric Eye and it was it was early enough that I didn't have uh You're going like, to agree a green man Alicia. I didn't have the the like uh, like you know, comprehensive knowledge of uh rock music that I have now and I would and I just thought that that life was easy like that um and that Rick uh, Richard Winfield Garnett could come up with all these great riffs. And I was like, cool, you know, and I wrote <laughs> these lyrics to them. <laughs> it's and then so we weird. Would, <laughs> it's like a little bit like you, you're almost in like a the gods must be crazy kind of situation. Uh, like exactly. you found you found a Coke bottle on the savannah. Yeah. You know, and, what and, if I played this? What if I played the part you're playing, but up a fifth? Yeah. Ah, this, <laughs> this will really catch on. <laughs> and Rick was one of those high school kids. And this is back in a time when, you know, uh, learning guitar and being a guitar stud was was one of the five ambitions that any 
boy in high school had. Oh, it's like hoop dreams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what 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 other options do you have? You could go to college, or or you could like play in a band. I'm not gonna go to college. Yeah, right. We're gonna play in a band, and ri- <laughs> and I'd be like, "Come on, <laughs> come right down now. the mountain." <laughs> um, and Rick uh, was was one of the kids in the school that was good. Right, you got a million. He bad could like kids. could he could like the, the the phrase that I still use to this day. I always think of my friend Stephen Fox. Uh, he he could play the parts. He could like he, he knew he, he knew that he knew the, the right like when I play I played in a cover band with Stephen. It was the it was so embarrassing. Apart from Stephen's band Flanders, it was the most popular band that any of us had been in in Tallahassee was playing mm-hmm. 90s covers. Long story short, the, the the bar, the Cow House, which you've probably been to at some point. Sure, the Cow House. Um, the Cow House, which was where we practiced. It's where, uh, the, you know, our friends owned it. And the, the drummer from Flanders needed a band to open for Bow Wow Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Annabella and Bow Wow Wow was coming through town. And at the last minute, it's like, yeah, like this is a last minute thing. They need they they have to have a cover or a, an opening act, and of course there's like you know, no money, but of course there's beer. But but so why wouldn't I spend three weeks learning like twenty <laughs> '80s covers, most of which I already kind of knew. Of course, I could fake it. But I, then I was in a band with fucking Stephen Fox, who actually tried out for Foo Fighters at one point. He's actually Whoa. really good. He's a power player from Flanders. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, um, he's really good. And Stephen always knows the part because he learned the part. And to me, it's like, I don't know how you even describe it. I was going to say it's like perfect pitch, but it's way better than that. It's like being able to just like produce iced coffee with your eyes. Like, I don't know how he does it. It's a fucking gift. But meeting the person who knows the parts. Now, the interesting part here is, uh, would you say his name was? Uh, mine's Steven. Yours is Rick, right? Rick, Rick, Rick. But again, now Rick learned the parts, but he never, so he never, like, he, he didn't even do the classics, like, dub you a shitty cassette so you could learn the song so nope. where you would find out that it's uh, Iron Maiden. That, no, that didn't no. happen. And Rick, uh, <clears throat> Rick, so Rick was one of the rare, rare kids in. Uh, in school, the whole because I was always, you know, the youngest kid in the class. Rick was actually right. a little bit younger than I was, but he hmm. didn't. But Rick was not immature. Rick, yeah. uh, Rick was raised in a large Catholic family. They were well-to-do, and Rick was uh, an achiever, and he was a handsome kid, and mm-hmm. he was popular, <clears throat> and he had in hmm. his bedroom, he had he had his bed. And yeah. then he had a drum kit and then a whole guitar setup. Huh. And our friend Jim McNeil, who was from who was a transplant from Arkansas, uh-huh. at some point Jim said in his distinctive Arkansas drawl, I play the drums. <laughs> and wow. I, and we had no idea how Jim played the drums, but Jim was one of these guys that could, you know, Jim could do anything. Jim was the guy who showed up at Kevin, Jim was working construction downtown and he would show up at Kevin's house after work to like hang out and go get a beer. And, and Kevin at one point said, every time Jim shows up at my house, he's wearing his tool belt and his hard hat. <laughs> but I know in order to get in his truck and drive here, he had to take off his tool belt and hard hat, which means that when he he's, a, he's, out- a, he's a full-time lifestyle construction worker. 
He's a, he's a, and he can do the construction, but what it meant was when he arrived at Kevin's house, he got out of his truck and put his tool belt and hard hat back on. <laughs> Did order- he play drums while he was wearing this village people outfit? No, this was before. This was before. He played drums before, but so Jim showed up All right. and he was the drummer and Rick could play Hellion in an electric eye. And of course, you know, and I got recruited as the singer because I was the only one, uh, I was the only one with charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and we would get in there, and I would write these songs about how the the great Alaskan moose came down from the mountains to bestow his wisdom on all of us. What hmm. you know, like I was writing some wizard music, except it was all about uh, you know Alaska because it was all I knew. And it was so Rick went on. He's one of these terrible, terrible people who was great at everything, great at music, and, and handsome. Then he was, yeah. And handsome. And then, oh, and he actually Handsome, was, rich, Catholic. Yeah. He He's got to go on. He a Soch. He oh, was like really? one of the king he concerns. Could, he was able to cross over. He crossed over and dated uh-huh. a Soch, which okay. was a scandal. Absolute scandal. But Rick right now. I bet it was a scandal to everybody. I bet it was a regular Montague and Capulet type situation. Well, it's, it absolutely <clears> was <throat> because from a Soch perspective, like this guy, yeah. he's, you know, he's headed to, he's headed to the stratosphere. Yeah, she shouldn't so, be dating down. No, well, or whatever, you know, that was one of the first examples of like, oh, wait, we like the conserves are going to end up being the ones that, that, you know, the socials are going to look up to. This was, this was the moment, right? This was the crossover. Before Uh that, uh it was like, oh, the socials, they run, they run everything. And then it was like, no, it's actually Rick that's going to run everything. Right now, I should say, I looked it up. Richard uh, Winfield Garnett is the Paul J. Shieri slash Fort Howard Corporation Professor of Law Jesus and a con- concurrent professor of political science and the founding director of the Notre Dame Program on Church, State, and Society at Notre Dame Law School. Oh, now he's Richard. He's Richard Winfield now. I feel and like when- you might be giving me some kind of a neurology exam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we might, in my house, this is what we call a data dump. Because <laughs> you know, we have a rule, we have a, we have a, something I learned from my friend Alex. When you get home, it's called DND. It's, it's do not disturb time. No, da- no data dumps are allowed for the first hour that I get home. <laughs> well, this is all stuff that you should know, right? Because we've been talking for eleven years. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like, but it really is like I don't know, like some kind of Meryl Streep thing where you're like trying to jam in everything that I may not know because you never know. No, no, no. You got to get back. You got to get all the way back. Like, in fact. But Rick's not a doctor. Rick is a Catholic law professor at a Catholic university. Specializing in Catholic law. He's not just a law professor. What's the name of his chair? He had a corporate corporate chair. Is that right? What is he? Or scholarship? What is it? No, no, no. It's, uh, let's see if I can find it again. It is the. It was like the the, the, the Genentech and Bob's Pete Moss memorial fellowship or something that's what it is no it's the uh paul j shieri slash fort howard corporation professor of law and the founding director (laughs) who who loves that title notre dame program on church state and society Uh, at notre dame law school well whenever he sends me uh an email it has all of that in his signature signature and you know the thing i learned if a few quite a few years back i used to think oh god all these douchebags and their goddamn signatures and they're totally toothless uh, legal th- warnings and threats. It's not a. It's not a warning. It's a threat. Legal threats. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you know the saber rattling, the bellicose signature, and uh, it turns out that the IT department does that a lot of times, not the person. Yeah. Did you know that? 
Well, somebody told yeah. them that makes it legal. If you strap that on, if you strap on this particular codicil, now you could ask, uh, uh, well, he's a JD, I suppose, yeah. Dr. Rick, about this. And well, see, like, what, I mean, you went to Gonzaga, that's Catholic. Maybe you could is, get I, an in. I know Rick really well, and it's Still. entirely possible that he put all this in there. You know, at the yeah. very bottom of his email <laughs> signature I'm looking now, it actually has a link. It says, download my scholarly papers here. You can download you can, my scholarly papers here. Oh no, that's yeah. definitely. I don't think IT did that. Nope, 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 nope. No, that's something. And he's and he's really something. And he focuses on the law. He's very Catholic. He focuses. And the thing is, his family converted to Catholicism. That's the craziest thing. But when Amy, oh, Conan, interesting. They're yeah. uh, you know Catholics come lately. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. But when that uh, Amy huh. Barrett got uh, got uh, elevated to the Supreme Court, kind of hot. Um, Rick was like t- totally tight with her, and he was like, oh, "No, no, no, really? she's the best candidate." And I was like, "Rick, she's not the best candidate. She's you she know, seems and he was, no, she should not be on the Supreme Court, but she does right. seem very smart." Rick, Rick was extremely <laughs> offended at all the personal attacks that were levied at her during her confirmation. Did process. you see this on Facebook? No, 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 no. He's sending these emails to uh, to me because he and I have argued about politics since we were okay uh, fourteen because he was conservative then and I was a leftist. <laughs> And, you know, he's the one that famously said something to me in the hall. He shouted down the hall at me something about uh, Ronald Reagan. Or no, no, uh-huh. no. He, he, was a, he was a Jack Kemp supporter. And he was like, Oh, Jack, Jack Kemp. That guy looked like something. he was carved out of a, a solid piece of uh, elephant tusk. He was going to be president of the United States. That guy was, you remember how handsome Rick. that guy was? That he's guy looked like a composite handsome. sketch of everybody who almost won president. And it was at the time when conservatives still felt, uh, oh shit, felt, yes. felt like you could y- be young. Talking about like late eighties, like like mid late eighties. Yeah, that mid, was mid. People were 84. were still they were still high on the on the Reagan fumes, oh, but yeah. there were so many conservatives that you wouldn't even recognize as being in the same theoretical no. party today. No, no, no. They they'd be considered uh, liberal Democrats now. Mm-hmm. But Rick said something to me that it, where he was. He was shouting something down the hall that I didn't, uh, you know, that, that, uh, about Ronald it, Reagan. Yeah. And it was one of these ad hominem attacks that 15 year olds do when they're arguing politics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't sure. go read the constitution. And I was yes. like, you know what? You need to read up on it. I said to him, Oh and no. it became, no, no, no. It became like, a that all, cause all of our friends were standing somewhere in the vicinity and it became a thing that, that we would all say to each other. Like friends would say, Say it then. It became a catchphrase. I get. You know I was. I was concerned. Concern, I was concerned that it was one of those. Like I, 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 I'm thinking of a TV show that I like. That you lost your opportunity for a really good catchphrase. Why don't you read up on it? It's got like kind of a Brian Regan quality. You should go read up on it. It's go a little read. Bit like what? Maybe is this you your could first re- day? Yeah. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Truebill. You can learn more about Truebill right now by visiting truebill.com slash supertrain. Hey, uh, how many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, long after you've forgotten to cancel them? A lot, probably. Well, fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill 
concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Uh, one, uh, one, one user, Matthew B., says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. Wow. He saved $120 for the year on his Sirius, Sirius XM bill and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Matthew B. saved a lot of money, and it sounds like you can too. You go to Truebill. You know, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash supertrain. Go right now, Truebill.com slash supertrain. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Truebill for supporting Roderick on the Line. And all the great shows. At least in our little circle, (laughs) that actually was an effective scorching burn. But also it was funny because everybody knew that Rick had read up on it. And I was like, read up on it. I get it. it, You had to be there. No, 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 no. Well, the hallway helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yelling down the hallway. Yes, yes. It's like today, you know, it's it's hard to, to, to jive and jab with people with a mask on, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I, I learned very early on in our uh, ill-fated, poorly thought-out trip to Rhode Island over the summer that if you're in a room with my family, first of all, glug, glug. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about. I love my family. I actually yeah. really love my family, mostly. I mean, I like some more than others. I like some more than others, but I love all of them. I don't know what it is about my family. They seem to really like... Owning houses that sound like the basically like the acoustics of a museum, except nobody's whispering. It's just all stone and like and 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 wood and, and it's Rhode Island. So glug glug, everybody's screaming, and we walk in with our masks on and say we're going to have our masks on, and nobody. And here's what it's so look. You're looking at me, right? And I'm wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my family. Glug 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 glug. Here's me. <laughs> no lip reading. It's got. I've already been as as the uh, as the the chuds and thumbs and hogs like to say. It's a it's a muzzle. But you can't talk. And of course, what everybody everybody's glug glug and everybody's screaming with no mask on. It right. might as well just be like spitting out of the vuvuzela. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. We were watching sense. A hallway can be a hallway night. can be very loud, John. And I oh, think in yeah. retrospect, you in a hallway yelling that. Yeah. It could have gone a lot worse. Well, and our school had 2,700 kids in it or something like that. Jiminy. So it was one of those enormous, what felt like an urban school, like from one end of the hallway to the other, you couldn't see the other end. It disappeared into the ozone. I thought I went to a big school. I had a, I had a, a, a nice visit with a new friend of mine the other day, my, my friend Sydney. Sydney went, I, I think if I heard this correctly, they went to a high school with, I want to say, Four thousand people, Insane. and I said, "Are you sure about that?" Because I went to what was even at the time regarded as a large high school, and as it turns out, we had six hundred and sixty-six kids in the entering tenth uh, grade at that point. High well, school—that's a lot in it, just in just in yeah six hundred kids just in the sophomore year. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. But four thousand? Holy shit! And in this case, oh my goodness, that that's a lot, John. That's four years, but you don't always get the same distribution. That's going to be a loud hall, not as loud as Rhode Island glug glug, probably. But yeah. you get you get points for context there. Well, and and what and is it again? Read up on it. Yeah, read up on it. Read, read up, up on it. it. 
Le- le- yes, it's got a letter Kenny kind of rural Canada quality to it's it. It's a little like bit it. like that. Yeah. yeah. Let- read up on it. And read even up though on we're it. Bo- you know, we're both Figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. We're watching <clears throat> Sense and Sensibility, and my daughter at some point <clears throat> said, why does which everybody... One, which, one, which one? Tom Wamscans? Uh, the, the, one? the one, uh, the one with the ro- uh, Rose, uh, Rose, Rose. The, 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 the one with the, what's his name? The, uh, the, uh, the guy the from one... Succession? No, the other one. Or may- uh, oh, yeah, Colin maybe Firth. he is in Succession. Yeah, I think he, I think he is. It's the one with the Oh, Rose the one McGowan. with the girl from the Pirates movie? Yeah, Rose McGowan. What, what, she, she was in Titanic, oh. right? Rose McGowan? Not Rose McGowan. The one you're talking about Kira Knightley? No, the Titanic. Oh, you're talking about, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the, the girl that was in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in that movie with the girl from Yellow Jackets. I know what you're talking about. Kate Winslet. Yeah, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. That one. And, okay, and, okay. And my daughter says, why, is everybody, why does everybody sound like they're talking to a microphone? And I, and I was like trying to figure out what she was talking about. And I listened to the dialogue, and it, it was two things. Very hmm. echoey homes. Oh, and I see. <clears throat> everyone is enunciating. They're yes. talking loud. They're all talking loud, even when they're talking. I don't know if you were raised this loud. way, John, but I I was definitely in probably one of the I don't know if it was one of the concluding eras. I don't know if it was an Ohio thing or what the but like we were very heavily encouraged not to I think the phrase they used to use was mumble. That you should enunciate. For, yeah, exactly. You should, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, uh, one of the things I like to watch on YouTube is um, uh, police interrogations. I'll just watch different police interrogations for hours. Um, oh, you mean real ones? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. The, where the camera is on the other side of the, of the glass or it's up in the corner? It's up in a corner. So, some, somebody ha- handcuffed to a table and they're like... Handcuffed to a table. You want me to get your water? Wow. I know all the techniques. I, I can set things. you up. Oh, I'll you set can you up see with these some good on the ones. web. I watched one the other day, and I don't want to spoil it. But <clears throat> there's, there's, there was a woman who uh, had Munchausen by proxied her kid. Oh dear! And big time. <clears throat> and so oh, this girl, this poor girl, she, the mother thought that she had basically everything, cancer, muscular dystrophy. She had her teeth removed and her head shaved. She forced her to sit in a wheelchair. Um, oh, and again, nothing wrong with a wheelchair, but the kid didn't need it. The kid had a minor injury when she was nine and was then kept in a, she was the uh, special parade marshal of the, of the special Olympics of uh, every, like full, full, situation going on here it turns out there was a munchausen by proxy and this woman would not let her daughter who was really mostly fine because that's how the munchausen by proxy works sure she wouldn't let her date this fella and the fella's on on this left side of the spectrum over here he's uh we don't say asperger's anymore but you know he definitely has a, a thing a situation going on and yeah. uh, and so she, the daughter convinced the boyfriend to stab the mother to death, and then they posted a message about it on Facebook, oh. and and they got arrested. They'd gone to Wisconsin from Missouri, but they'd gone to Wisconsin. She had a knife, and so there's like two hours of uh, interrogating them separately. <laughs> that's 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 a pretty good one. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And um, huh. uh, but what I notice is, and I think this is something they train people on. Uh, you know, you meet somebody like me out in the world, especially in my younger years, after the enunciation, pronunciation, non-mumbling era, and people say, oh, do you want to, you want to, you want some sausage and biscuits? And I'd say, yeah. But like, as I got older, like a lot of people as you get older, you learn to say yes, or yes, yes. thank you. You yes, enunciate. Yes, please. Yes, I think yes, they train people 
this about this kind of thing in court things and police things to enunciate and say very clearly. And that's why it feels it always feels like somebody like an Elizabeth Holmes is dissembling a little bit when they say stuff like they can't remember a thing that everybody else remembers. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'll set you up with some of these videos. I think it's a thing that you once said about uh, to our friend Asher about the video game threes. I think you said this is not this is not a game for a, a, a for a vulnerable person. No. No, this is not, no, it's, not, that, it's not. It's not. It's not wholesome for for a person. It remains true. Uh, yeah, but I think I can handle. I think I can handle these. Uh, oh, they're real the, long too. You can just videos. let them run in the background. <laughs> but also, it's it's a very. I, was, I walked in. My wife, uh, who you've met, Madeline. Madeline walked uh, yes, into the lounge, and I'm watching one of these like I do sometimes in the afternoon. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, and she comes in. And she goes, "Is this the same one?" I said, "No, this is a different one." And I, I explained what was going on in it, and I, uh, I, I uh, it's a very low effort type of YouTube video. Uh-huh. So I guess this stuff comes out. Well, I don't want to come back to your anesthesiology and Rick, but I, I think that this is the kind of thing where like that comes out and like must come out in like in a public document, you know, like evidence becomes public or something. So you basically uh-huh. you get a few video, it's two hours long, and you occasionally make the sound like cluck, like the sound of hitting pause, like on a cassette player, and then you make a commentary on that still, or you circle things and you say notice here, and then you put an asterisk up at the top and say notice that she's changing the subject because she doesn't want to talk about this. Like th- in that case, that was two couples in Tallahassee, and the couples uh, had gone to college together, and then they grew apart, and then then they <laughs> they did the crossover. And one lady went with the other man, and they killed the first man. Oh, And then dear. she wouldn't talk to the police for 16 years. But then she got kidnapped by her new husband, who she, the, the, the other husband, the crossover husband. And they were getting divorced. And that's when she went to report it to the police. And boy, is that ever a good one. I'm going to say you might even want to start with that one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You send that along. Oh, whoa, oh, I don't like this tone. I'm about to send you into something that might ruin your life. Please do not oh. be glib about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, Re- read, read, I uh, feel, wait, uh, let me get it. Read that. up, read up on it. Yeah, read up on it. Yeah. Read up on it. All right, well, I'll watch up on it. Ugh. The thing about Truly Awful Band is we only ever played two shows. One of this them is was Rick. for Rick. We're talking about Dr. One R- of them was, Richard, Richard here. Yeah, yeah. one of them, we, okay. we, we moved all, our, all of our kit uh, out of Rick's bedroom and into their rec room. And we played a rock show, you know, like five or six songs for his eight-year-old sister and her friends. Oh, so we but were you had playing. An, but all, you had an audience. Yeah, we were playing all. It's like these when a little kid puts songs. on a magic show and everybody sits That's around exactly and acts like right. it's good. All these loud Judas Priest songs about uh, about magical <laughs> moose to the little the girls. Grinder. And I believe at the time I actually Looking wore for me to- I, we we were culture jamming enough that I wore one white glove. Oh boy, they weren't expecting that, were they? No, they weren't. They weren't. And Rick, I, oh and I think Jim had one of those painters caps that had the two long flaps in the back. Oh, he had safari flaps. A safari flap. That was a terrific a look. Cap. It said yeah. like billabong or something on yeah, it. Yeah, it was dynamite. It was dynamite. OP. Uh, but then our other show, the other show we played, <laughs> was actually in front of teens oh, at, dear. The, at the tennis club huh. party for our senior graduation Truly Awful Band rock uh, show. Who 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 asked you to do that? That's crazy. Well, Even if you some, were good, which you probably weren't, that's oh, a no, weird we idea. We were absolutely terrible. And it was, and you can imagine the shock and awe on the faces of the other teens yes. as they watched us completely uh you know completely like earnestly rocking out these tunes 
Um, I'll send uh, people you a picture. Also th- I wish you would. People today, yeah. I think, don't understand that, you know, David Letterman did not invent irony, but he was its poster child for a long time. But the effects, the post-Letterman, in the same way that people like, you know, uh, people now make the Star Wars movies that they wanted to make when they were a kid, or Taika Waititi wants to make a comic movie. Like, I think, I think they don't appreciate that people were not always ironic. It took a while for that Letterman-ish thing to become so in the culture. But being ironic, I wanted to call my high school band Free Beer because I thought that was really funny. Yeah, but they wouldn't have let us play at the at the tennis club if we'd been called Free Beer. But they beer. let the Truly Awful band. Did you call yourselves Truly Awful band? Well, we called ourselves Tab. <laughs> we were Tab. <laughs> okay. And it was... Huh. It was a thing among my like the whole, dietetic drink. Yeah, tab. My whole group <laughs> or tablature. We would sit in class and we would draw. And this was like lots of people, not just people in the band or even like people in the band and our girlfriends, but like lots of people would sit and doodle tab album covers. No, and then we would on. pass them around. Like no check one it out, did that. No, what are you talking did. about? I have a whole stack of them. Tab album <laughs> covers. Are you kidding me? No, no, it was a whole thing. Ugh, because it was Christ. like, you know, because we were all into into rock music, so it was like all these kind yeah, of metal. Yeah, well, the logos. part of this, the part of this I, I I totally get, recognize and remember is the the pageantry <clears throat> around, for example, having a band. Or, you know, so basically it's a new version of a like a made-up club. Like in fifth grade, I really liked the idea of Animal House, even though I hadn't seen the movie, so I started a fraternity and I gave titles and things mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> we yeah. had one of those at our high school called Tapa Mega Kega. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. Cool. And they uh, all, that ended up going to the University of Colorado, and they actually kept doing it. Like People in Colorado love beer. Yes. And I think part of the reason is that, at least according to my friend Chris, who went to see you, he's from Boulder. Yes. He said they, you know, they got what they call it, 3-2 beer. So you can kind of yes. grow up underage drinking some kind of beer developing those beer. muscles watered down beer correct three two and yeah. so all i was gonna say was uh uh the band something with rick uh yeah. the music oh that, oh, oh, so, oh, oh yeah so yeah but, but it's like having a club like yeah yeah like like i knew i knew i wanted a punk rock band called flesh bullets and i went so far as to make a stencil a spray flesh stencil bullets. Yes. Flesh Bullets, and there was never really a band. It was kind of my friend Alan and me, and we would tell people that was our band, and we made shirts. That was definitely a thing in high school, and if I'm being honest, when I was 19. Well, uh, a stencil fall, uh, uh, actually uh, plays into this story. No shit. Because we, 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 we live, led parallel lives, I think. Yeah, there were, there's, a lot that, there's a lot of parallels, and there uh-huh. always were. You know, there okay. always were. That's fair. But um, when I first arrived in Seattle, so that would have been uh, uh, October, well, November of 1990. I hooked okay. up with these guys. One of them I'd gone to, uh, one of them I'd gone to Gonzaga with. He was this just, young. Just, I'm sorry, just super quick. This is this is yeah. after high school. After TAB. <laughs> uh, I'm here in Seattle. Dad? Okay, sorry. And I got and I, I, I this friend Brian, uh, who had gone to Gonzaga with me, who was a drummer, and he'd played in a lot of hardcore bands in Seattle in the in the 80s. Okay. And he had decided independently that punk rock had run its course and that wasn't the future anymore. Okay. Now, little did he know, little did hmm. he know. Hmm. But at the time, he was like, I've been playing in h- hardcore bands since I was 14. This can't possibly continue to still be a thing. Like, it's exhausted. We've done it. We've done it. And right. hardcore around the country, it's just been done. There's no, yes. nothing new there. 
And this is a thing that a lot of people, when they think back at the grunge era, they don't know because the comprehensive story has not been told, hmm. right? The, it seems like all those books about grunge, has they've all told the comprehensive story, but all they're doing is telling one side of the story. In 1990 hmm. and 91, before the Nirvana record and before the Pearl Jam record came out, there were so many bands in Seattle that were not grunge at all. Mm-hmm. There were still, of course, like they're more like, like more pop, not pop bands, but like indie indie pop. Yeah. was maybe it's just it's funny. It's like you mentioned Oakland earlier. It always bums me out that if Oakland was a couple miles away from any other city in America, it would be the crown jewel. It's just that because sure. it's near fucking San Francisco, it's always treated as this like second uh like redheaded stepchild thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like right. grunge became the thing, and the same with it, like and to me like jangle pop and a little bit of Paisley Underground became Athens, right? Like yes. the scene becomes, or Austin, obviously a little bit, a little bit of country rockish. But if that, there's a whole bunch of really good. Isn't that where like the Monks are from? Are they from Seattle? Uh, no, that, no, no. What's that band? What's that band? Uh, the uh, the Sonics are from there, right? The Sonics are from here. Yes. But there's a lot of like really good bands. But it wasn't all just like pre Melvins. But in yeah, and in that moment, <clears throat> there were all kinds of bands. The Walkabouts, the Posies. They were all doing something that wasn't grunge at all. 1990, summer of 90s, when I first heard Posies. Young Fresh Fellows, they weren't grunge. Shit, dog. Fucking And so we we put this band together, and we got a guy, I think it was out of the newspaper, Uh uh, to play bass. His name was Tom Roberts. And he showed up at the uh, at our first first practice. It's really rock and roll. Tom Roberts. (laughs) He showed up, and uh, we were rehearsing in uh, Brian's dad's house's tiny little basement tv room is this the rec room uh this was the rec room okay tom showed up tom was wearing uh tom had very long hair he had big gold hoop earrings Ooh. and he was wearing a paisley shirt buttoned up to the top can you picture the scene oh i sure can and, i think and, he was in red cross yeah and very tight like uh, that kind of look though jeans. that kind of like red cross sort of look well, yes, yes, absolutely. But with like the curly, the mane of hair. The big right, mane of thing. curly hair, yeah. Maybe he a little looked, bit jellyfish was kind of like that too. He looked like the guy that played extra guitar in Nirvana for a little while before Kirk kicked him out for being too metal. Okay. But he wasn't metal at all. He was really into the posies. He was really into jangle pop. And we formed this band called Chautauqua. Chautauqua. And Chautauqua was going, we predicted that this whole uh, this whole sort of uh, mud honey thing mm-hmm. had all that was like all run ti- its course. Yeah, it was tired. It was yeah. just like, oh, you guys playing like punk rock in a high school auditorium. The future. When did that is, keep it out of my face song come out? Eighty eight, probably. Yeah, right about then. Or okay. yeah, right, right, right in there. Touch That's me a great up. Song, oh, such a good song. And you know, we'd all been influenced by full moon fever or whatever, you know, like the, like, Oh no, the future, the future. This episode of Roderick on the line is brought to you in part by Wealthfront. You can learn more about Wealthfront right now by visiting wealthfront.com slash super train. The beginning of a new year is a great time to finally start things like diets, workout routines, or thinking about your financial future. Even if you don't plan on getting off your couch in 2022, you should at the very least do one responsible thing while you sit there. Check out Wealthfront.com. You can start investing in no time with Wealthfront's classic portfolio 
or make it your own with things that you care about like socially responsible funds, technology, crypto trusts, or hundreds of other investments. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of doing everything yourself. If you don't want to spend hundreds of hours trying to lower your tax bill, well, they help you do that. If you're not sure how to rebalance your portfolio or maybe don't know what rebalancing is, they can do it for you automatically. Wealthfront is trusted with over $28 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And the best part is their product is so simple yet powerful that it has a 4.9 out of 5 stars in the Apple App Store. So to start building your wealth and to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash Supertrain. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash Supertrain to start building your wealth. Wealthfront.com slash Supertrain to get started today. Our thanks to Wealthfront for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah the future is Rickerbockers, man. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. like, jingle, jangle, because... Let because me introduce you to a man called Ben Montench. Everybody <laughs> comes... It all comes back around, Stan right? Stan Lynch. And so it's going to be the birds again, man. Uh-huh. It's going to be the birds. Everybody's going to be... Everybody's going to be... They, but these buttoned-up shirts are going to make the 60s look like the 40s. That's exactly right. And at this point in time, of course, R.E.M. <laughs> had not become... A huge oh. band yet. Oh, still they still hadn't college. done the dum bum 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 bum. That that no. was ninety one. That that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So REM was still a cool. Yeah, they were band. like they got their orange crush around that time. Yeah, you got your Cure. You got your you know my yeah, bloody Friday season love. Sound yes. Grand, right? Yes, right. And so we had this band, and mm. we practiced four times a week. We made. We went into a studio. And we made a demo tape, the professional demo tape that Damn. had five or six songs on it, and we made a stencil, Chautauqua, Whoa. and it was wait for it a two color stencil. What that was designed? Like That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was designed by my other friend, Whoa. Tom. Different Tom. Okay, okay. And we would go out at night and put this stencil, and it was big. It was the size of. <laughs> It was bigger than a pizza box. <laughs> oh, really? We stencil. I, I, I found stencil spraying to be a lot trickier than it looks. Well, it was, and we had you know, and we had to have three colors of paint because we did the first color, then we did the second, then we did the third. Um, <laughs> did you come back on different nights? No, no, no. It was all like you know, we you, had, you didn't we, have to wait for it to dry or anything. It was all three of us. We had the three. And oh, we I see. <laughs> Real organized, like. But but one one of the things that that. Uh, in 1991, when, when grunge was exploding around the world, if you lived in Seattle, all over the place, there were these Chautauqua stencils. Oh, we put them We put them right on the pavement at the crosswalk of Broadway and John. So everybody waiting for the light looks down, and there's this orange, yellow, and black. Right, like today, like I'll recognize Chautauqua. a tag. Or, or like yep. something, like not so much like a signature tag, but like a little, little you know, two-line drawing. That, that somebody will do all over the area. You were like that. You were like an early tagger. We were tagging everywhere. And in fact, we were tagging a building at one point downtown in the middle of the night, right next to the famous Pearl Jam tag that they also spray painted a stencil of a guy with dreadlocks that was like a little stick figure holding his hands up in the air. Oh. It was like their famous pre-fame. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, stencil. <clears throat> We they there was one on a building and we were stenciling ours next to it as like take that Pearl Jam, hmm. I think they might have even been still Mookie Blaylock, 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this is two o'clock in the morning, a door opens right on the wall, right where I'm standing. Oh no. The whole outside of the building was painted. Uh, the door opens, there's a guy standing in there and I look in, it's a brightly lit warehouse full of women sitting at sewing machines. What? You tagged a sweatshop? And, yeah. And the guy opens the door and he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, uh, and we ran. <laughs> And he, that's right. And he, the devil horns at him. <laughs> he runs after us, and we keep running. And we're what? down in Belltown, and it's like this. It's wow. it, at the time it was a very, it was a very uh, like scary neighborhood at night. Sure. He jumps in a car and starts dr- chasing us in a car. What the hell? And we're running up an alley, and he's coming down the alley, and we're like hiding and jumping, and we run out into the middle of Second Avenue, and he's going the wrong way up a one way street. And we come up over the top of the hill and there are two cops sitting there and the guy comes up the wrong way street. And of course they turn on their lights and then it's a big kerfuffle. He says, they've been, they tagged my building. Oh dear. The cops put me in the car because I was the ringleader. I I said I did it. So the other guys left and the cops take me down to the building and the guy's like, see, and the cop said, did you do this? And I was like, well, yeah. And the cop, one of the cops says. That's the best stencil I've ever seen. And I was like, thank you. That's, said, that's high praise. It was. But then he said, but I have to arrest you for vandalism. Oh, see. And they arrested me that's for vandalism. That's a consolation, vandalism. though. Is there any it, video of the interrogation? Well, no. But the problem okay. was, then there was a, then I had to come back for my hearing. And uh-huh. I skipped it because I, <gasps> I was too rock and roll. Oh, no. They hate that. Which turned into a $500 bench warrant, which I oh, ignored. Oh, which God. turned into a $1,000 bench warrant, which I couldn't pay. Oh, my God. You must have been terrified. And then I got, then I was riding in a car with a guy uh, over in Bellevue. He and I had gone to the movies. Uh-huh. And, and he was black. <clears throat> and the cops oh, in boy. Bellevue pulled him over for being black yep. with a white guy in the car. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, and, that's, 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 they got to be up to some shenanigans, right? Oh, yeah. What the hell are you even doing in Bellevue? Oh, and he was this, he was a very like uh he he and I had met in college. He was a nice guy, but what happened was yeah. they ran our things and then they pulled me out of the car and cuffed me and took oh, me to God. Bellevue jail. And the and the guy Howard Howard had to take uh This all take, started with the stencil. It started, it with, started the with the stencil. Okay. He had to take five hundred dollars out or whatever to, to bail me out of Bellevue jail. Oh, God. And he and he and he bailed me out under his name, the five hundred dollars. Well, oh, I paid him the five hundred dollars back. But when oh. I finally showed up for the court hearing, and I was like, "Can I get my five hundred dollars bail back?" They were like, "Well, that bail belongs to Howard Wooten." Well, huh. I hadn't seen Howard at that point in two years. Oh Jesus! This is and how they get you. What a I system! Never did what a goddamn get it back. system! I never got, and that was at a time when five hundred dollars would have changed. Five hundred dollars is a lot of money. I, I could have. I have a fair number of like during the the daylight hours that five hundred dollars seems like a lot of money to me. Let alone, I mean, boy, that's a real jam up, John. Be- oh, Be- how close up? is Bellevue to to where you were living? Well, it's Oakland. It's the Oakland of of Washington or of Seattle, oh, except okay. that it's where did they, have a, did they have a sonic boom at some point? It, no, they didn't. Okay. But it, it's where Microsoft is, so they have a totally different character. It's oh, the, Kirkland it's, is Costco. Yep. Bellevue is Microsoft, is well, that right? Well, Redmond is Microsoft. Redmond, that's Redmond, the one I know. And that's just past Bellevue. 
So all of Bellevue is just, it's just the rich people from Microsoft. Do people from Microsoft, when they go to other places, if they go to London, somebody says, where you're from, do they say Seattle? I bet they say oh, Seattle. Oh, for sure. For sure they do. Nobody's okay. going to know what Redmond is unless they're a computer jockey. Right, right, right. But here's the worst thing about Chautauqua. We practiced every, we practiced four times a week. In the rec room. For all of two, uh, all of 1991. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Grunge is exploding all around us. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the worst band in the city is, is selling 400 tickets a night. We never played a show. Ugh. We had a demo, a tape, and everything. You had, you had a stencil. We had a stencil. Everybody yeah. in the town knew our name because it was stenciled everywhere. Even and the cops we, are talking about it. We never booked a show. Shit, dog. Is that a regret for you? Uh... What would have happened? I mean, I think at that point in time, there were there were still jangle pop bands in Seattle that were taking themselves pretty seriously. Like, no, 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 this is still the future. Yeah, when I mentioned someone like Red Cross, they're kind of in that weird crossover from whatever Paisley Underground. You know what I mean? That yeah. sort of L.A. Um, ish, you know, um, Steve Wynn, you know, the, the bands like that, uh, Red on Green, stuff like that. The crossover from like the mid 80s, Paisley Underground, combined with another thing that I think got lost in translation outside of Seattle and grunge circles was like, well, yeah, but like you, you really can't overlook definitely the influence of heavy metal, like in grunge, but also of like just the, the sludginess. You know, it's it wasn't just punk rock with long hair. There was more to it than that. But that's me. I'm going to be like Red Cross. To me, it's sort of like the crossover. And actually, if memory serves, they were in a movie with Ken Stringfellow when they were all young. Oh yeah, and they all they desperate uh, desperate teenage love dolls. I think it was called. They all they all uh, <laughs> played. You know, they toured with each other and stuff. If 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 Chautauqua you never played had, at all. No Chautauqua. That's a goddamn shame, John. If we had ten percent more Jane's Addiction in the band. Oh. And, and 10% less, uh, like, uh, whatever, like, uh, international <clears throat> pop underground or whatever, or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like if we had been just slightly less serious, slightly less Brit pop. Were you annoying? Not the you songs? personally, but like, it sounds like you guys are a little, as they say in England, too, have, too clever by a half. Do you think yeah. you maybe you were annoying? I'm, I've been in a lot of very annoying bands, believe it or not. It wouldn't have been called annoying so much as it would have been not quite self-aware enough about the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I actually had a song that was six minutes long <laughs> about an astronaut. And the, but the, <laughs> what? Situ, but the situation, what? yeah, but the situation of this astronaut was. <laughs> Does Adam Savage ever play it live? <laughs> he was the astronaut was wow. on a spaceship, and he was unlikable. And the other astronauts wanted him, wanted to put him in the airlock and put him out. Oh boy! If John, if John, if John Carpenter had done that, like in the Dark Star era, oh my God, that would be so good. Well, yeah, and and it—that's it, it, really good. It, it appealed. It, it it came to me as a plot, right? Like, well, wait a minute. We've got we've got Major Tom over here. You know, we've got uh, we've got this guy over here saying got no, no soup. soup. <laughs> and what we don't have is the actual real scenario. Uh-huh. Which is five years into a, Mar- a Mars mission or whatever, or five five years into some space station. Yeah, but it's like the worst roommate situation. Yeah, everybody's really <clears throat> tired of this guy. Yeah, sure. And, I love and this. And they're like, you know what? Our community is uh, is is not going to survive until we get this guy out of here because he's causing all this problem. 
And then, so the song is from that guy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Wow. Six minutes long. Well, that is not, you put that next to touch me. I'm sick. Uh, sure. Which is sure, two sure. minutes long. And we would have just been, I think we would have gotten beer bottles thrown at us. We would have been like, yeah, rolling, rolling, rolling. Well, of course, of course. I mean, let's, 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 let me just make this subtext text and say it, 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 it in, in one, from one angle, the log line is similar in some ways to the commander thinks aloud, yes. which um, is a great song. And as everybody knows, but it's very meditative. It repeats that three chord figure. Most of the way it builds yep. up with these different sounds. It's almost like um, not hypnotic, but it, it is very, that repetition becomes part of what makes you love that song is it just keeps going back around in a circle, like a, like a fugue or something yeah, or around. This song, uh, which was called yeah, what Gal- was how does Gal- that compare? It was called Galaxy's End, and it was in the huh. style of songs I wrote at the time, which had like fourteen chords. You know, it was not. Oh, I see. Wow, there's little, little, little tastes of the stuff that would uh, make your music career less successful for a while. Yeah, but it was, it was already it, happening in some ways. It also it was fourteen. Galaxy's chords, End but it also is that what's called? A drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, it was okay. a total drone. Hmm. Um, anyway, the other day. Uh, because the hippies have taken over the ravine, yeah. they have they have basically put a set of little flags in the ground, and they've said, "We've taken over the ravine. It's now a critical wetland habitat, and you're no longer allowed to go down in there and mess around. You can walk." Do around they have it. the, the authority property. to do that, John? Well, yeah, because they put a thousand new plants down there, and they're part of oh. this program that's actually saved me from the city of Normandy Park shutting me down. Oh, um, it sounds a little bit like some kind of a local hero style jam up. Well, but what they've done is they've filled out all the paperwork. Oh, but I part, see. The hippies. Of, yeah. But part okay. of what they what they do when they fill out the paperwork is they say, we're going to keep him out of there and he can't monkey around and screw around because it's a critical wetland. Now. And I'm like, you know critical. what? That's fine. Because huh. the alternative was. Well, oh, but your neighbors are going to hate that. Well, they do. But uh, the, the alternative was the Corps of Engineers was going to put me in a in, in rendition somewhere in uh you know, in they would put Dubai. you in a Dick, Dick Cheney container somewhere. They would. They were. That was their plan. Because you were you uh, were you not in compliance? I wasn't in compliance, oh, and I hadn't filled out the paperwork, and I hadn't gotten the critical wetland study done. Oh, and that's where the hippies come in. That's where the hippies come in. Well, so now Ugh. the the rest of my yard, what would be called the domesticated uh, quadrant of my yard, which hmm. I had which I'd just been covering with wood chips because I wanted to kill the grass and get the moles out of there. <laughs> While I was down in the wetland, I'm, I'm, I'm there's a lot. A, I mean, you know, it's a it's a biome. There's a, yeah, it's a biome. There's a lot happening. Oh, I mean, I was growing mushrooms you wouldn't believe up here in the wood chips, and I wouldn't, and I didn't believe them. I'm like, you can't tell didn't me that's a mushroom. Them. I bet you the know, hippies like those, huh? I'd ki- I'd kick it with a shoe, and it would send up black spores in a oh, cloud. Oh boy, I love big. that when it goes like cock. It oh, has a nice report to it. I so love to be. And I had yellow spores. I had all these mushrooms. No shit, that's great, man. Yeah, but well, the moles. Did the moles eat them and die? No, moles no, no. Don't no, eat no. Them. The, well, I covered the whole yard in a foot of wood chips. I don't know what the moles are doing. Does but, that mean they can't get out, John? What, is, what do the wood no, chips do? Moles just keep going. No, the wood chips kill the oh. grass because I didn't oh, want the grass. Oh, I see. Okay. And the moles eat the, eat the eat the grubs that eat the roots of the grass. So you you have basically an old lady who swallowed a fly type situation. So, exactly that. Mm-hmm. But so now I have to turn my back on the ravine and start focusing on the yard, which I had this kind of plan. I was going to, hmm. you know, I was going to do this neo-Chinese garden, which was 
mid-century Seattle style, you know, oh, a lot of wow, rhododendrons. Oh, wow, that sounds neat. Yeah, and, and, and but, you know, I like to buy my plants at the nursery on sale. So anytime I'm at the nursery and there's, you know, there's a pallet of plants for $5 marked down from 50 I'm like, I'll buy them and I'll find a place for them. But I'm trying to do it with native plants, all this stuff. And I, what happened, I got, I got overwhelmed because I realized, in the same way that you realize that publicity or graphic art is actually a real, like a graphic artist is a real job. Oh, right. Yeah, my mom used to always, I think my mom never understood when she would say, I wish I could get a job in public relations. Mm-hmm. I think she thought that meant like selling things in retail at a store. Because it's you have relations with the public. I didn't learn until like maybe late high school what that actually meant. You're right, and it's it's like a lot of those uh, the people in computer math they think of that as a job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and all the people that learned, you know, that spent uh, six months working in a job where they used Photoshop, and they're like, "I'm a graphic artist." Oh, it's you're like, talking uh, about like graphic designer, yeah, a graphic mm-hmm. designer, right? Oh, designer and artist. But you know, it's like a lot of again, it's a little bit of a cock up. It's like the whole interior designer, interior decorator. Okay. Right. All right. These, I think that's terms exactly right. Okay. And and so I realized. Of Chautauqua. You guys had such good press, good public relations, as they say. Well, but you would've. just never, you never got out there, and you were, and you were, you practiced four times a week, but never oh, played. We, we were so good. That's well, really so, weird, John. So I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my yard, and I'm thinking, I need a garden artist and also a a, a landscape uh, architect. Uh-huh. I need a consultation. Because okay. this is over my head. Like, I, I understand Somebody plants. who could do both big picture and detail. Yeah. Like big picture is... of, like, here's how the biome is going to evolve, as John yes. Syracuse says. But also, again, we've got designer versus decorator. But you could, right. and yes, certainly somebody, there'll be some kind of a stout lady in Wellington boots carrying potted plants at some point. Probably wearing a kerchief, I'm thinking. Well, or, safari, or maybe safari flaps. But before we get to that, you need, you need a mind. You need a Frank Lloyd Wright of garden. Because a garden is not just not because I used to plant gardens and it was always along a fence. So it was like a linear, it was a two dimensional thing. But this garden needs oh, to. Oh, it's more cattywampus. It needs to be four dimensions because it oh, has to be shit. three dimensions, but also plants no, grow. No, 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 no. That's above your pay grade. Yeah, it's above no, it's, your pay grade, my friend. You can fuck you that do? up good. What, five years from now? What's this going to be? You put it in here no, no, and then no. five years, it's too close to that. No, a pallet of plants on sale is not going to fix that situation. You're, you're doing some Christopher Nolan bending the scenery type shit. So I'm over at a friend's house who's, who's mm. a great rock musician who has just started an artisanal uh, the delivery pizza service where he makes artisanal pizzas and then he drives around in a van and drops them off to people. David I'm over, at, I'm over <laughs> at his house. We're outside. We're outside uh-huh. in the front yard. We're talking about something music, but also he's like, you know, if you want these pizzas, and I was like, I definitely, you know, bring me four pizzas a week or whatever. Artisanal pizza? Yes, please. A guy walks out of the house next door and he says, hey, John. And I look, and it's Tom, bass player of Chautauqua, whom I haven't seen in 20 years. No, 30 years. I haven't seen him since 1991. He he instantly recognized you? Oh, yeah. yeah, Well, because I'm in the newspapers this whole time, right? He knows who I am because he lives in Seattle this whole time, and so he's been following my career. Is this when you're running for office? No, this is just recently. Why in the paper? And so, well, no, but you know, he's followed me all, all, all along, oh. right? He oh, was a fan I see. Of the I get it. He's I a, get know, it. He's no it's like when I, I saw Lisa Lisa in Cult Jam at the Rock and Roll McDonald's. 
I get it. Okay. And you were like, oh, I remember you from when you were you know, playing at the first no, time. No, somebody theater. said, I think that's Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam. I said, oh, that must be why they're signing autographs at 2 a.m. at the Rock and Roll McDonald's. We'll see. There it is. Well, so he Shit. says, so okay. I say to him, hey, Tom, amazing. You know, and he used to have the long hair. And we know he reads the paper because that's how he joined the rock and roll band. And I say, what have you been doing? <sighs> and he yeah. says, I'm a landscape architect now. Shut your whore mouth. What are and the I, chances? And I said, you do tell. <sighs> I have a situation. The hippies have taken over my ravine. Yes. I, got a, I got a yard. I need a landscape architect. Whoa. And so yesterday he came out here. And we walked around, we spent all day walking around the garden where he was like, well, right over here, you could put a, you could put a tall Oregon grape and right here you could put a wax myrtle. From and your mouth like, to God's ear, he sends this gentleman, he sends this baseman to you. Yeah. This is what you needed, John. And even yeah. if, even if you don't end up hiring him, it seems to me that he could still guide you in the spirit of Chautauqua. Well, and that's what I said. I said, look, I, you're hired. Uh-huh. You just do, you know, because he works. <laughs> did he want to be hired? Yeah, he did. He okay, I just all, think it's worth clarifying that. He's, he's got a job where he where he's landscape architecting big uh, big parking lots places, but mm. he's like on the weekends. I'm going to come up with a plan for you, and it's going to be one of these plans that you and your mom can buy plants by the pallet at the discount rack of the of the what call it, and I'm just going to tell you where to put them. Wait, so he's also. Such an important word as one gets older. He's integrating. He's yes. integrating these two things. I mean, setting aside the hippies just for a moment, but like you can still continue your 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 family tradition of buying cheap plants at a store. You can he still, said that's he's integrating that into this larger space folding process. As we're walking around, he's <sighs> interviewing me, and oh he said, God, "Okay, you need I this. could you do need this for so many things." I know. He said, "I could oh do a God. landscape architecture thing here where you would hire a crew of fifteen people, and it would cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it would all get done in the space of a month." Uh, you know, and I say that knowing that no contractor ever gets no. done in the space of a month. But he said, "What I hear you saying, what I hear you saying, mm. is that you like to buy cheap plants by the pallet at the nursery and plant mm -hmm. them yourself." What you need is some guidance, and I will provide that, and then you can keep doing what you do. And see, what, see, know, so if this guy were a doctor, I would start going to the doctor. Right, 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 right. right, right. Like somebody, somebody. I want somebody who's just. I want somebody who is solutions oriented and is not going to get hung up on the past and mm -hmm. doesn't have anything to fucking teach me about how to be better. This That's person right. is an implementor, an integrator, and in some ways, the truest physician, which is the friend who listens and then finds a way to honor your family tradition of buying cheap plants and pallets. That's I it. love this guy. What's his name? Paul? Tom Roberts. Tom Roberts. Okay. And so, and, and so my mom is here when he gets here, and she says, Tom, I just want you to know, we've never met, but mm -hmm. for 30 years, I've been listening to Galaxy's End and I just want to compliment you on your baseline. And Tom says, for 30 years, I've been waiting for somebody that had ever heard Galaxy's End to tell me that they liked my oh baseline. My. Oh, my God. You just lived a children's book. That's incredible. And she, she could, your, your mom, over 80 years of age, she just pulls that out of nowhere. 
That's yeah. Tom, Baseline, Galaxy's End, Chautauqua, a yeah. band who somehow found a way to rehearse four times a week and record songs, but never play. You're you're like uh, you're what you're like Washington Steely Dan. And what the and fuck? You th- he must have been thrilled. Did they, so- had they met before? No, they'd never met. <gasps> that makes it even better. Yeah, and he was oh like, my God. he was like that. That was. For me, the pinnacle of my rock years, yeah. making that Chautauqua tape and practicing four days a week. I, I would love to show. be complimented on things I did in the 90s. Yeah, but he said, you know. It bum- bums me out that more people don't compliment me about that. Because like, sometimes you're like, you know, that was a good bass line. Tears and rain. Yeah. Shit. And she could have hummed it to him. She knows it so God much. damn it. Well, she's very thorough. She is. Yeah. She is. 86 uh, John, is this a work in progress? I mean, is this happening? Oh yeah, he he was here yesterday. He he left. He's like, what? Does, he, well, are the hippies done? Did they take their flags? The hippies are done, but they didn't take their flags. Okay, they left the flags. And I said, hey, about all these flags, and they were like, that's the thing. We got to leave the flags. And I bet you're not supposed to touch them. No, no, no. For the next three years, they get. I got to look at the what? Flags. Because but, it's a it's a wetland. Yeah, they made but, a wetland out of your yard. No, it was already a wetland. I oh. I made it. A, I discovered. Oh, a you're the invasive exotic, is what exactly. they're saying. But I. Okay. But my. But so mom went, went around last, uh, yesterday, and she came in here, and she said, "Look, I know we're not supposed to touch anything, but we got to move a couple of these plants." Mm-hmm. And she said, "We'll just move the flags." Mm-hmm. You move a plant, move a flag. Move plant, move flag. She said, "They're never. They're never going to know." No. What? What do you think they're writing all that down? Or uh, taking taking photos on on their phone camera? Because they're young hippies, and they would they planted plants. This is the crazy. No, thing. They're walking. It, it, they're walking along a trail that I made, and yeah. then they're and they're planting plants in the middle of the trail, behind them. It's like they're painting themselves into a corner. I don't even know how they got back to the house. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't played D and D in a while, but one of the things I, I remember is that, like, as you go up in experience points and and so forth, like there are opportunities to like, you know, it's the equivalent of a major where you could say, well, I, you know, it's difficult to be a paladin. You know, I might be able to go, I might be able to become like a fight, fighter thief where you can kind of fork your branch a little bit, do some yeah, different sure. things. I, I feel can't like use for spells most, though. Well, you got to rest a lot. Clerics need naps. <laughs> it is known. Um, but for example, uh, and you know, and they derive their magic from different things, some magic such as it is, the cleric's power comes by virtue of the fact that the god that they worship or, or what have you gives them that power. A yeah. magic user or an illusionist, that's a different thing. Sure, that's sure, more sure. practical, right? Practical magic. Uh, but here's what I know. Most hippies reach a juncture where they decide if they're going to single major or double major. So... They're either they're either going to become freeloaders or they're going to become bullies or possibly both. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now it sounds like you got some hippies that majored in bully. Well, they what, love what, that shit, John. They love telling other people what to do. What they changed? don't act like it. That's the irony. That the selfishness, uh, the basic selfishness of the hippie, uh, belies or is belied. Mm. You know, uh, by, by life itself. And then you see they've double majored. They're the fighter thief of the ravine. And you better not touch their flags or what? What are you going to do? Throw, throw uh, you know, throw tempeh at me? Oh, no, no, no. It's just, it, you know, it's all a suggestion. But the difference is. Yeah, when I get, we I get were, it. They're, they're probably good, good, good hearts. Good hearted when, hippies. When we were in high school, you remember how everybody wanted to be a marine biologist? Yes. Well, a lot. A lot that, was an up, the, that was an up and coming job. That people, it, was really like, was. it was like wanting to be a designer. One uh, year, you'd never heard of that job. And the next year, you heard about it a lot. A lot of the the majors now in college, there are whole mm. colleges devoted to hippie majors that didn't even exist when we were kids, like hmm. habitat restoration and oh. creek hydrology 
and invasive species and it's interesting ha- how much these, these butt up right against those you know you ever look at a list i imagine you do I, I i've looked at it maybe once i imagine you've perused these annually the list of uh what's the phrase it sounds so crass highest paying majors like oh. if you people with this particular concentration this degree and this you know area of study make the most money full stop and for years it's been geology or engineering right, oh, right engineering and geology for the oil company yes precisely yeah. so and that like that becomes like a, you don't just f- kind of like accidentally become a petroleum engineer no that's right you, you know study I mean? the shit out of that well and that's these guys they all have they huh. came down into this and they're like oh all this work you've been doing in your ravine i have a master's degree in it you have a master's degree thing. in ravine i have a master's degree in restoring your backyard <gasps> ravine and so Whoa. all the stuff you're doing by just putting some bo- some boots and some gloves on and like throwing stuff around yeah. this is a thing that like i've spent years like working out the geometry of it and they've all been very nice and very complimentary but they've basically this gone to college. This is the hippies, not the bass player. No, this is the hippies. Okay. They've gone to college precisely to wear Carhartts every day to work yeah. and have big muddy boots. And yep. then you can either do drywall or ravine restoration. Well, and it's a big job. And but I mean, like I say, they, you, buy the, you buy the dress for the Carhartts you want. There you go. Mm-hmm. They have all of these teenage hippies from the Civilian Conservation Corps oh. who are walking around looking for work to do. And huh. so these big shot hippies from up here, they grab 30 civilian conservation corps kids that are wearing Healy Hansons. And they're cutting, they're uh, out there cutting trail. Yeah. And I don't know, they're paying them 10 bucks an hour or whatever. And they're all, they're all college kids that couldn't get the job sitting up in the Firewatch Tower in the mountains of Oregon. They're, or whatever, they wanted to be down doing this. And so all the kids down in the ravine, and they're every single one of them a hippie, but they're nice. They're nice hippies. They're not, you know, they're, they're not yeah. like. I'm sorry. I reacted, John. I reacted, I overreacted very yeah. emotionally because I don't like hippies. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But you know, the thing the- is like when you quit smoking and then you hate everybody who smokes and you're always yelling at them. I, I, was, I used to be a little bit of a hippie, yeah, if I'm being honest. You've I seen know. me in a tie-dye shirt. Sure, sure, sure. My, my mugshot, I'm wearing a tie-dye shirt. <laughs> um, and I have chicken grease on me and a cold sore. It was really a high point, 1988. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but but uh, but I I feel bad bad now and I I, no, I well I feel like you got to watch out for a hippie though you well, know what but I'm saying? these are these are like northwestern eco hippies these are the ones that yeah. go up in, into redwood trees and tie themselves up there oh so put bike locks on monkeys or something yeah, yeah so they don't get so they don't cut down the trees yeah. in a way they're honorable they're uh, they're lovely people you know yes they're, they just yes. um. You know, they bad. just, they like this. They like to, they like to be in the creek. And I like to be in the creek. We're the same. Well, now, but now, but you better not go touch those flags. It's their ravine now. Well, we'll see about that. Well, yeah. And you get your bass player on it. I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad though that they are not in opposition to each other. It's, you know what I mean? It, it sounds like your, your guy. Now, what does he officially call what he does? The He's a player? landscape architect. Landscape architect. And he, I took him around the ravine and he said, this is my fantasy. This is my fantasy. And because he's a little, a little forward. Well, he's touching every leaf on every plant and he's like, oh, this is Ick the Fathiest. Oh, he's, uh, you're saying he's a druid. He's a druid. He's, he knows everything. He knows all he's, the stuff. He's, he's a like, druid and a bard. He's a, he's I don't naming, know if you can do that. He's naming the, yeah, that's right. He's a cross, he's a cross member. He's naming uh, all the, all the mushrooms. 
and name it like, all the mushrooms. This like one's Phil. Everybody that names all the mushrooms, I was uh-huh. like, oh, you know all the mushrooms? And he was like, hey, hey, That's hey. where he derives his power. He but derives he says, his power from the biome. He says, don't eat anything because I said so. No. And I'm like, what the hell good is it to know every mushroom if you can't tell me which ones I can eat? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to tell you which ones to eat. Mm, now I it's sound a, like a regular doctor. Also, you know, a, if he's a monk, he's got that quivering palm, which is nice. He's got a lot to do. I'm not looking to him for mushrooms. Touch says every leaf. He's Touch, communing. He's communing, probably. He knew every plant. He knew He's he probably knew he's, he's probably met your dresser before, <laughs> you know? <laughs> hello. 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 Hello, Philium. <laughs> Holy shit, John. <laughs> 